This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Good morning. My name is Seth Studley and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Today is day uh, 66 and it's titled, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know I was mean. I am terrified of marriage and why does my husband look at other women? Uh, If you're new here, welcome. We are on episode 283 of the Anatomy of Marriage podcast, and we make this show because relationships are amazing, but sometimes they're incredibly difficult. We had an incredibly difficult relationship that we turned into an amazing relationship. So that's why we do this show. And every single day of the week, we are live on Instagram and Facebook. You can join us there at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and hang out and ask questions and have fun and see the pre-show and the post-show, which is always fun. We just literally did like a song jam. Somebody said, logged into this stream in mid-giggle fit and didn't know I needed that in my life today. Good morning from Florida. Good morning. Yeah, we've been having a good morning so far. Um, And as always, the show is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks. We listen to them all the time, and we want you to have a free one on us. Mm -hmm. So go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get your free audiobook and to learn something. That's right. Be smart. Do smart things. Thank you, Audible. Okay. Our review of the day comes from Nikki Carnley. Five stars. Boom. Five stars. Thank you. Entertaining, relatable, and informative. I found this podcast through Bad Christian and have listened to every single episode. This show has been extremely beneficial to me and my husband because even though we have a great marriage, there is always room for improvement. Learning about Seth and Melanie's personal experiences plus psychology concepts and tools is so helpful. As a Christian, it's refreshing to hear a couple who follow Jesus but are still transparent about real problems. I love this podcast because it manages to be entertaining, relatable, and informative. I reviewed the show on my personal blog, because I believe it has something special, and I'll always listen to and continue sharing it. Thank you so much. Thank you very for much. That Especially review. for sharing it on your personal blog. Yes. I wish everybody would do that because Me that too. gets more listeners to the show. Helps so. more people, yo. This is true. And the Bad Christian Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I helped make that sound design in the intro, their new, their recent intro. Yep. I have, I picked all those clips. You did. Good I job. I love sound design, and I worked with Chris Keen. He's great. He is great. Okay. Anyway, he's not on the Bad Christian Podcast, but I like him. 
He was a number one gun. Okay, are we ready? Yep. So, before, oh, geez, what, what am I doing? Oh, I skipped the first question. Okay. okay, so question number one from our listeners says, I don't know what to do. I've been with my girlfriend for a little bit over a year now. I'm in love with her. She treats me well. She cares for me, and we have fun and good communication. When we first started dating, I said I did not want to have kids, and I didn't want to get married. As our relationship developed, I learned I had anxiety, depression, and a dis- and have a disorganized attachment style. She knows this and is the one that actually pushed me to start therapy. A few months ago, she asked if I would ever change my mind about marriage. I said it was a possibility. I would continue going to therapy as I have a lot of issues with trust, commitment, self-love. It's been a few months. When we talk about marriage, it causes me a paralyzing anxiety. My heart feels like it's in my throat. My blood pressure goes up and I lose my words. When What makes it even worse is that I go back and forth whether we are going to do it or no. One day we're looking at engagement rings and talking about it with full joy. And then a few hours later, I can only think about it in complete terror. And I tell her I don't think I can do this. I question whether I'm doing this because I want to or I'm doing it out of fear of not having a family. I grew up in a very broken home. No mother. Dad was an addict and I was raised by my grandma. What's weird is that I feel this relationship, I feel committed in this relationship. I am willing to sign and w- a will, leaving everything to her. Make her my power of attorney in case I am incapacitated. She is the benefactor of my 401k and life insurance policy. Walking down the aisle creates so much fear, whereas I could jump out of a plane without a second thought. Mm. What do I do? So, as you were reading it, I was kind of thinking about it as a therapist and getting a clinical formulation of this. And this is from the men's group, by the way, and there was some good uh, advice on there. So I hope you're listening to this because I didn't type this in the men's group. Um, but it's not surprising that from your family of origin, no mom, dad was an addict, had to grow up with your grandma, that there was some, uh, there was a very high amount of uncertainty mm-hmm. in that. You know, Why would I get married if it just turns out like my family of origin mm-hmm. did, right? So it's no wonder that you would jump out of a plane or do all this other stuff because that is almost easy. I mean, not easy. I don't want to like... Uh, well, it is. Jumping out like, of a plane th- is a thousand times easier than, than, than getting married, the fear right? of because, marriage. If you're... Because jumping out of a plane at least is can be predictable. Will I have a parachute? Mm-hmm. I have a backup parachute. It'll open. All this stuff. But marriage, oh my goodness. Are you mm-hmm. kidding? I don't know what she's going to do, what's going to happen, how am I going to react, we're going to have kids, where are we going to live, all these variables, right? And that is what you're afraid of. And I would say that um, just slow it down. I'm so glad that you're in therapy. That's, mm-hmm. that's really good. And you've only been dating for a year. So date another year and say, you know, I'm open to this. And like mm-hmm. really talk to your therapist about these things because there's, there's, there's blockers, there's blocks of why you don't want to get married. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in love with this person, if she's good, not crazy, if you guys both have a level head on your shoulders, that doesn't mean that stuff isn't going to come up, but you can grow closer and closer every single day to getting uh, nearer to that idea of marriage. And you absolutely, here's the cool thing, you absolutely have every power in the world to change your uh, family of origin, to yeah. change your family tree. You don't have to be an addict. You are going to be present. You are going to be with your possible wife, and you can change that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like every single day, we can literally, if we're walking this way, oh my goodness, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. You can walk this way, and like, I choose this way. I mm-hmm. choose not anxiety. I choose not depression. I choose not fear. Of course, if there's organic things going on, then you want to get that taken care of. Somebody says premarital counseling helps too. Mm-hmm. Good thing, because we have a premarital series coming out very, very soon. 
That's right. Good and segue into that. I know. That. I seg. I, <laughs> there's a couple things that I want to say about this. And the thing that kept popping into my mind is that our family of origin is how we learn what what to expect from life also, which I don't think I've ever really said. I mean, we've kind of said that, but not in that exact way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an analogy that came into my mind. So I've had lots of weird medical issues throughout my childhood and in my adult life. And one of the things that I had, which was terrible, was like I went in, they thought I had cancer, and they did this... Um, what was it? Uh, what uh, the radioactive nuclear dye? Medicine. They did a nuclear medicine test, and they gave me the wrong one. They gave me the wrong nucleotide, and uh, it was kind of traumatic because then I had to get another radioactive dye injected into my body the next day. Hashtag cancer. Uh, I'll probably get it from that. But anyway, they did. So that was a traumatic experience. It was incredibly stressful. Uh, for many, 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 many reasons. I had miscarried a baby. That's why I was in the hospital in the first place. Um, All these terrible things. I was really sick. Uh, I was completely stressed out. And we had little kids at home. And they did this thing, right? So if that was my experience of hospitals, and all I knew of hospitals was they mess up, it's terrifying, you feel terrible, they give you the wrong thing, you're stuck there, you can't leave, then you get a $10,000 emergency bill, blah, blah, blah. If that was my only experience with hospitals, I would be like, keep me away from hospitals no matter what. Right. And so your experience with a married family is not great. If you had mm-hmm. an addict for a mom, you were raised by your grandma and your dad wasn't there. Like Opposite that, of that. Uh, but, yeah. a similar shuffle the dice a different way uh the, the dice roll the dice a different way um but if that's your experience with a family and a marriage of course you're going to be afraid of it mm-hmm. right so it's almost a uh ptsd trauma response yeah. because oh i'm getting close i'm getting close oh s i'm going back to not having a mom having a dad who was an addict not knowing where or what things were going to come from. So, mm-hmm. you know, increased blood pressure, intense anxiety, almost a panic attack. So just work through that with your therapist. Take it slow. It sounds like your girlfriend is cool and supports you in a good yeah. way. So I think I think you're okay. I think you're fine. Just keep on doing the work. I'd like to finish what I was saying also. Am I allowed to do that? Yes, you are. Uh, no, no one was listening earlier and they don't know why you're singing. I can't sing. Okay. They sorry. don't know why you're singing. Okay. Uh, but the thing that I think is really important is that it's your past that is making you afraid. It mm-hmm. Like when you feel that tightness in your throat, it's not your girlfriend that's causing that fear. Mm-hmm. It's your your brain is is look you're looking in the rear of your mirror and being like but oh my gosh what if right? right and so i would challenge that thinking but not in a like you're not being stupid that's a big deal ptsd is a big deal um mm-hmm. and you can work through it well and it sounds like your girlfriend is kind of a rock star so high five to the rock star girlfriend um, okay next question you have to read that one it's really long Dang and it. i can't read it <laughs> my arms are having a hard time holding okay. a computer okay i'll help Oh, wow. This is what true marriage looks like. Go ahead. Okay. Dear Seth and Melanie, wow, what a podcast. I've been listening since before you changed the name to Anatomy of Marriage, and I've so appreciated everything about it. I've told so many of my friends about your work. Thank you for doing that. That's awesome. My boyfriend boyfriend and I have been together for four years. We're best friends and also in love, but we had an incredibly different difficult year. I bought a house. We don't live together, which was great, of course, but it's stressful. Meanwhile, our church is going through a tumultuous 
leadership transition. I've been stressed out consistently for months now, and yesterday was the day I reached a breaking point. This time, the stress turned into a fight, which turned into really hurting each other and not knowing how to have the conversation about it without just hurting other more. Sometimes something pretty unusual for us. Then he told me he feels like he can't help me when I'm stressed, and um, it's because he's not sure what to do, so he guesses. And when he's wrong, I get mean. I told he, he told me that I'm mean to him when I'm stressed. Doing the math on how long I've been stressed, that means I've been doing it for a while. Before I've I been re- mean to him for a while. Mm-hmm. Before I could even respond, Melanie, I heard your voice in my head sharing about when you realized you were being mean to Seth. I also heard my own voice say, what? Mean? When have I ever been mean? Because of your story, I took a beat and said to myself, if the person closest to me who also spends the most time with me, says, I get mean. There's probably some truth to that. At at the very least, it's true to him, and that's unacceptable. So instead of reacting and scoffing, um, what are you even talking about right now? Instead, I sincerely apologize, reiterated that I never once wanted to be mean. So I'm grateful he finally told me, and we were able to reconcile a very broken part of our relationship. So my question is, now no. what? You ha- you can't pass this. I asked him to forgive me. He did, and then I just held him while we cried. Oh. Don't skip that. Okay, sorry. I'm so grateful he finally told me and we were able to reconcile. My question is, now what? What happens immediately after you found out you've been mean? What are my next steps? His language of apology is changed behavior, but if I don't know my initial behaviors were, how can I do them differently the second time? I expressed this to him later and asked him what would be something that I could do or say that would definitely tell him she is being kind to me. But he said he doesn't think about adding more He doesn't think it's about adding more kindness. He Mm -hmm. assured me that I'm very kind to him almost always. It's just when I'm stressed. Maybe I can't remember being mean because it only happens when I'm stressed. Is Mm -hmm. it a Jekyll Hyde phenomenon? Um, Also, he is a Southerner, and I'm also a Northerner from the big city, East Coast, though. So it's possible we have different understandings of mean. It is also entirely possible that I am being mean. I don't mean to sound like I'm trying to get out of underneath it. Um, Melanie, what do I do next? Seth, what advice do you have for him as the one receiving on the receiving end of all of this? I have to learn to do things differently, and he has to learn to reinterpret what I'm doing, right? Any advice either of you have would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I... Okay, somebody. This said is a some great question. Um, this is a really good question. So he's a southerner, she's a northerner, and Yankee. <laughs> you're a Yankee, Seattleite. Yankee candles. Any. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Anyway, um, okay. Well, she asked you the question. What should you, what should she do next? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of <clears throat> what is the word like self evaluation. I don't know if that's the correct term, but mm-hmm. a lot of like really looking at your behavior and how and, and thinking about how someone else could interpret it right so uh, we understand our intentions on everything our mm-hmm. own intentions because in our head we go well i'm not trying to ignore seth but right now i need to finish this email uh, obviously he gets that no he doesn't he doesn't get that mm-hmm. that happened yesterday so here's a, a really good example seth came home from work he knew that i was having a hard day with the kids but at the moment that he came home we were in the middle and this is gonna sound so stupid we were in the middle of playing like super mario whatever and we were beating the entire game that that doesn't sound important but yesterday was such a hard day with our kids that mm-hmm. that was all i could focus on mm. was playing mario with them as a as like a repair thing like a this is a thing that's going to bring the peace to our home which sounds so weird and mm-hmm. seth had no clue why i was so engaged in this game and and basically ignoring him mm-hmm. but there was a part of my brain that was like i can't Focus on Seth. I've got to do this thing. So I knew my intentions, but I'm sure that he was like, what 
is going on. Is a that- little bit, but I also knew that you probably had a hard day, well, so yeah. I wasn't going to be weird. And I tried to like give him signals because I can't talk about this stuff in front of our children because mm-hmm. it's triggering Mm -hmm. and so but but that all that to say that often as the person doing the behavior we only see our perspective which is perfectly crystal clear because we came up with our perspective right Mm -hmm. so it's a matter of us being able to do kind of what i did like i knew when seth got home he's going to be interpreting this like i'm ignoring him Mm -hmm. um but i also can't like straight up just talk to him because the kids are invested in playing this game in a particular, there's so mm. much to that story, mm. but it's, it's a lot of like self reflection assessment of any given circumstance. So look, look at yourself from the second perspective of you. Mm-hmm. Can I talk about that? Or do you want to say something? No, not yet. Let's answer the question kind of thing. Well, it's answering that question. Okay, go ahead. But so like, I think there's two versions of people, right? There's the, the person in the, in the space talking to Seth doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's, <laughs> like the feeling self and then there's a thinking self way up here that's separate and it can look down on the situation and have a different perspective of it that thinking self the one way up here i call it the plural thinking self mm. um has to look down at whatever the situation is and go wait could seth be interpreting that weird oh i guess he could maybe i should change my behavior mm-hmm. that is helpful to me i don't know if it's helpful to you right and as a therapist i would say ask again when tell me about a time when you weren't being mean when your boyfriend wasn't saying that you were being mean and then look at all the the uh, extenuating circumstances around that. Well, no, I wasn't really stressed. Um, you know, me and my mom didn't argue or whatever, right? And then ask the times, oh, I was really mean. Okay, what else was going on, right? Because there's usually some sort of antecedent or precursor or stressor before that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're just mean all the time, which I hope not. Well, that that would be kind of like finding your triggers, mm-hmm. like finding the thing that frustrates yeah. you or flusters mm-hmm. you. Your boyfriend might be a great uh, resource in this. Right. He might somebody, know exactly what flusters you. Yeah, are. somebody says the Enneagram might be helpful in oh, this, yeah. so you can get an understanding of your, your uh, kind of core mm-hmm. motivation. Let's see. Uh, communicate what stresses you and how he can help when stressed out. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Finding healthy outlets to release that stress, yoga, exercise, prayer, etc. Not weird, uh, lol. Winning at Mario is the best. I'm pretty good yeah, at it. Yeah, they actually too. beat it too. So well, like, I did. I used uh, Nabbit, which is totally cheating, but I had never used Nabbit before. Nabbit can't die. I don't know. With like the mushrooms, he can't die. That's good. I love Mario. Um, I want to have an AOM Mario party. Gosh, oh, that would be rad and like Tetris. Um, but I did want to say she is asking, saying very specifically, I don't know when I mean. Mm. So that's the other thing too. Yeah, and I think it's just a process. It's like um. Like a slow ascent, mm-hmm. like you're you just kind of like you're switching back. Sometimes you so, make progress and so whatever. Let me let me say something. If you don't know when something is happening, then you need to slow down, kind of take an inventory, and start journaling, right? Um, and listen. Ask your boyfriend. Ask other people. Like kind of that letter that you wrote out a long time ago. Like, hey, tell me some things that I'm not seeing, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, ask your friends, ask your family, am I mean? Am I a mean person? And when when am I mean? And they might be like, well, yeah, you kind of are. Okay, mm-hmm. listen to that and don't 
don't fight it. Don't be mean back. Just be quiet and listen. Take some time to journal and do some self-introspection. Well, and you can also, too, have like a code word with your boyfriend. um, I actually did this just yesterday with our kid where I was like, I need a word that lets me know that you're not able to like cope with something. And so he can't, we chose the word I'm feeling overwhelmed, like that sentence, I'm feeling overwhelmed because it's different than how he would normally talk. So it's like, oh, this is a trigger for both of us to sort of switch into a different gear of thinking and so maybe your boyfriend you can have a conversation with your boyfriend where you say when you sense that i am starting to get mean let's find a kind and loving phrase or word that will help bring us both back and give me the awareness that i need Mm -hmm. because um and we should do that too Mm -hmm. for sure because what always ends up happening is you end up getting upset at me and then i respond to your upset feelings Mm -hmm. where i'm like if you had told me that you had noticed this behavior, I could have addressed it then. But mm-hmm. now I'm responding to your hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's What's our code word? Fitzwilliam. That's a good one. Fitzwilliam, I need you. Yep. That's from Pride movie. and Prejudice. Oh, no, I love persuasion. that code word concept because sometimes I dig myself into a hole and I don't even know how to let my husband know I need help in getting out of that emotional hole. Get out of the emotional hole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the okay. e-hole. Gross. What? I don't know. Just the vowel plus okay. the word hole. Oh. <laughs> e-hole. Oh, boy. I'm in an e-hole. That's good. Okay. It's funny. My husband is away at boot camp right now, and I am struggling with trust issues. He stares at women that he finds attractive and jokes around with them in a way that I hate. The worst part is that if he knows their name, he will search them up online. He did this very thing on my birthday and on the day he left for boot camp. I found out about it, and he lied to my face and said he didn't look this girl up. What do I do? Am I wrong? Why is that part highlighted? It's just... Don't worry about it. Okay. Am I... Am am I wrong to feel jealous and hurt? A year hasn't even passed since he searched that girl on my birthday and on the day he left. Am I wrong to be suspicious? He says he thought I would have moved on by now, and I know looking up girls is a small thing, but I believe that's where cheating starts. It always hurt me when I caught him searching girls. My biggest thing was his constant lying when I found out about it. I would trust him more if he didn't lie about it in the first place. Anyway, sorry if this is all over the place, but I'm feeling so tired of arguing each time I get jealous and defending why I feel that way. I feel like it's just the consequence of what he did. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think about this? It's just really hard. There's more to the email. I ha- that It's highlighted weirdly because I had to crop mm-hmm. it down because mm-hmm. it was really a very long email. Um, but um, so I know a little bit more of the backstory than what is in there. Mm-hmm. And it's this is such a hard question because I don't I don't understand just personally. And this is maybe just my I mean, who knows what it is. But if I, I would just I my brain can't figure out how someone would be like, totally married, in love. I'm going to Google some chicks right now. So mm-hmm. it makes me super mad. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I have a great perspective on this other than I want to help the wife get through this. Mm-hmm. But um, I just don't understand that. Like, And I feel like it's uh, a maturity thing on the husband's part or uh, an avoidance tactic. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel flooded. I am emotionally unintelligent. I'll just look at some girls online. Like mm-hmm. I don't get it. So like I a coping skill. Yeah. A coping mm-hmm. skill that is like destroying his family. Right. So, well, the thing that is not okay. Um, I don't think you're wrong to feel jealous no, and hurt because that's totally natural. That's a thing that, 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 that is a, a natural feeling. Mm-hmm. What am I trying to say from something like that? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you said, um, uh, let's see, kind of jokes around with girls like in 
in person. Yeah, well, the, like, in the thing, if, she said they were at like a you know a cell phone store, and he's joking around with the sales lady, right? And then got the business card, and then Googled her, right? It's that hmm. kind of stuff, yeah, which is just so a holy to do. Yeah, that's not that's not an okay no thing to do. I don't know. I mean, I think that does that's could lead to cheating. I mean, not to like super alarm you or whatever, but and then lying about it that's not okay either. So I think the suspicious feelings. And, um, you know, it, it, it's like this kind of behavior is, I think, very normalized it's totally, for guys to do. And that's what I'm trying to get at. I don't understand. It's acculturated to men now to dink around online and look at chicks and be on dating apps when they're married. Right. And I don't get it. I right. don't understand how culture became this way. And it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Like, legitly, legitly, mm-hmm. um, because I think it's so damaging. Mm-hmm. It's so incredibly damaging. I'm so angry at the husband and my heart hurts for his wolf <laughs> wife. wife. I know. that's a, uh, Communication, honesty, respect, boundaries. He's, he is invalidating how she feels. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things going on. And um, let's see. Looking up girls is not small. No, no it's not. it's not. That's not a small issue for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was going to say is you're downplaying... And and also, it could feel like it is a relatively small issue because in culture, it's so common. Yeah, and like I've never been in the armed services, so he's away at boot camp. It's probably even a more normalized thing there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, yeah, this was happening when she was there. I mean, he was he's not on dating sites. That's not what I meant. Did you say what that? Are you about? Someone wrote Yo, boot camp in the army. Yeah, at- never mind. I'm reading two things at once. I got confused. Oh. <laughs> he says, You married and on dating sites? Heck no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's wrong, wrong on so many levels. Okay. Yeah. So, if anything, to the wife, you are hearing many people say this is not acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard because I don't understand the like the thinking the line of logic behind that it's like saying I want to build a really great house but every time I build the frame I'm just going to tear a few of the walls down okay not all of them just some of them Mm -hmm. and then I'll continue building tomorrow Mm -hmm. but then I'll the next day I'm going to continue to tear some walls out not all of them just some of them right. and it's the stupidest logic it's the it's the most childish like it's it lacks emotional intelligence to the nth degree mm-hmm. of nthness that mm-hmm. i can't even wrap my brain around it so i have a lot of female clients who you would <laughs> can continue <laughs> who um are in weird relationships you know like one in particular i'm just like I don't even understand this, right? You mean like, like they're in a relationship. The husband, yeah, the, the the well, not the husband is the boyfriend's behavior, and I'm like, uh, we, we we talk about this. Why don't you know? Can you leave? Why don't you do this? Yeah. So I think there's like, and I'm not saying this person or whatever, but I'm thinking yeah. like the kind of cultural behavior that has become normalized for men to do mm-hmm. is wacky. That's not okay if you want to build something, right? Yeah. And then also the cultural female response is like, well, I just don't know and I can't do this. I'm like, so the guy has to get it together and know that this is damaging. And then the, I think it would be helpful also if the other partner, the wife, the wife or the girlfriend or whoever mm-hmm. draws some very clear boundaries around this and denormalizes this normalized behavior. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And But I feel like it would come across because I feel like we have a society, especially people that are younger right now, just the way that society is 
the trends of the, how things are changing. Um, it, it's like everyone wants to be a kid. Everyone, nobody wants to have actual emotional intelligence. They want about seventh grade and then done. Mm. Like I'll do things I did in seventh or eighth grade and you will deal with that until we're 70. Mm -hmm. It's like, why is the standard so low? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with seventh graders. Don't hear me saying that. Um, but you see what we're I'm saying? Have one soon. Like emotionally, uh, we are like uh we are all behind we all mm -hmm. are not all but so many younger kids right now or younger generations of people who are dating are behind there's like a lag of emotional intelligence development mm -hmm. and so it causes these weird hyper selfish relationships that's hyper selfish to be like what i'm just googling someone that i met uh why wouldn't i do that because mm -hmm. it's stupid <laughs> don't do that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and so i don't know that that's where i'm saying to the wife but again this is not going to be easy to do so i don't necessarily want to give you this advice but i'm going to say what i would do is that and this is what i have done in our relationship several times where i feel like i am ready to take my everything to the next level mm -hmm. like i'm not going to be an emotional seventh grader i will not do that mm -hmm. i can't now with children i can't like right. it's not a choice anymore actually it is a choice and if i chose to stay an emotional seventh grader with children i would screw them up royally mm -hmm. so i have said dear husband of mine i am not going to accept x y and z behaviors mm -hmm. from myself or you mm -hmm. you're welcome to get on board if you don't peace out mm -hmm. like there is a point for my own personal development and these uh just sort of like the wellness of our kids where i have literally said to seth if you can't join me here i'm gonna live with my parents for a while mm -hmm. and it's not a threat it's like this is the I will accept this level of living and I'm literally not going to accept you Googling women online or any number of things, whether it would be like, like let, you don't have a drinking problem, but if you did, I'd be like, peace out. I'm done. I'm mm -hmm. not going to sit here while you drink our family into a hole. I will live with my parents down the road mm -hmm. when you're ready to, to develop beyond seventh grade, come and find me. Right. Right. And that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's mm -hmm. not a threat. It's not ugly. I'm not, hitting him i'm not telling him he's an idiot it's like i am saying this is the standard of living that i will accept for our family for mm -hmm. myself and for him right but that takes a very willing partner mm. and a very growth mindset partner mm -hmm. uh, and i def don't think most people can do that uh, especially if they're used to the seventh grade level of emotional intelligence mm -hmm. you know i agree what do you think about that yeah okay Says mad. There are comments here. Let's see. That's because everyone. Hold on. <clears throat> oh, I, I was reading that one. Uh, I would be very uncomfortable if I found out that someone who met me went home and, and Googled, Googled me. me. Yeah, that's disrespectful. That's I totally agree. Kind of creeper. Uh, well, no, I, I agree. It, it could be. It could be creeper, but like for people we interview and stuff, it's like, yeah, we want to know information about them. So that's not creepy. But I go that's to their work. website. Uh, let's see. That's because everyone is stuck in social media. Yeah. It's like mind jail and Ooh. it just keeps perpetuating itself because we as a culture are inundated with stupid people and then they become <laughs> idols. I that's love right. that idea of mind jail. That's exactly Growth what it's Growth mindset like. is not common. Yes. yes, it's not. Yes, he is giving away his sexual energy to strangers over his wife, leaving her with way less than she deserves. Yeah, that's those are point. great insights. Like the, the idea of sexual energy mm -hmm. and how much you have. I do not understand why it is so many men do things to women that they would never put up with, like they wouldn't be able to handle half the crap they send so many women through. You know Ugh. why? I totally agree with that. Women mm -hmm. are like 
I I uh, no say so some thoughts. women. I I think no 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 no. Mm-hmm. I think of native cultures uh, mm-hmm. like tribal cultures, communal co- commu- indigenous cultures. You mean? There's another word I'm trying to say, but yes, indigenous cultures, collectivist, where, cultures. collectivist cultures, where the women are like these monolithic uh, matriarchs. They're matriarch. The, that's how the a lot of cultures have women as the core of the goodness in those cultures mm-hmm. and Western culture does not. Mm-hmm. And so I think of like all of the indigenous art where these like big fat birthy ladies with boobs everywhere and big tummies. And those were the gods, the gods of the, the goddesses of those tribes. Right. Mm-hmm. And it drives me crazy because it's like our culture has totally reversed that. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Men would never put up with this crap, mm-hmm. but women are so flipping strong mm-hmm. we have no choice we mm-hmm. have no choice to put up with it we know if we don't we'll ruin our entire families mm-hmm. if if we yeah whatever total tangent i don't even want to go there my brain <laughs> is going a thousand directions at once seems but like it, it. it just drives me crazy yeah. it just it absolutely drives me crazy yeah but on the other hand also women do some crazy things uh, and yes. men just like it, it's almost like an acculturated thing it's like women are doing nutso things and men are just like whatever then we go over here and check out yeah. and then it's just a perpetual cycle it's like pursue distance per- pursue distance yeah it's like it's, those it's, it's insane like again like I, I work with all kinds of women who have had like tons of trauma and and guys too and like it's just a cycle of trauma and hurt and craziness you know yeah. it's like yelling it's like you guys are never going to do anything yeah. or get anywhere but you stick together and misery loves company it's just like this well, whole cycle yeah, of bullcrap you know what i think it's like and this is gonna sound super weird just hang in with me uh, like you know the yin and yang symbol like the yeah. two i don't know what it means i have no concept of its cultural relevance to Balance. anything but yeah i think it's like that i think men and women are not one is not stronger one is not weaker we have different strengths and mm-hmm. weaknesses mm-hmm. and we need one another and i'm not saying anything about same-sex relationships i am not saying like a man needs a woman does not How about this there's a, there's a feminine energy yeah. and there's a masculine right? well whatever i just think people <laughs> need each other and when you're in a married relationship uh and it's all relationships, but in like our dynamic, mm-hmm. there are things that you are great at that I, like reading a piece of paper. I can't flip in read a piece of paper. That's the best thing I'm great I at. Can't, I can't read a document, but Seth can read a thousand of them and sign them and all of these things. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need one another and we need the strongest parts of our energies to balance one another out. Mm-hmm. And often we are using the strongest parts of our energy to, um, to like avoid one another. We're using the strongest parts of ourselves Mm -hmm. to hide from one another. Mm -hmm. The energy that we're not putting toward love and, and like wholeness Mm -hmm. as a couple, we are putting to hiding, Mm -hmm. lying, getting away with something, numbing out, drinking, looking at porn, right? We're taking all of this like galaxy universe of energy that should be like creating this like Kung Fu Panda, yin yang, like Mm-hmm. thing and we're diverting it and distracting it and pushing it away and uh and so it's hmm. like expanding out in a way not in there are a lot of things that like push that away and like as you were talking i i get overwhelmed like instantly all the time which sucks but like i had a glimpse of like if if there wasn't all this other crap or deadlines that we have to do and this and that it's like i would just want to live in a world of like creating awesomeness all the time mm-hmm. like 
literally doing the podcast all the time, mm-hmm. making content, just like actually being in a state where it rubs off on our kids and mm-hmm. encourages them and stuff. But right now, it's just, it feels so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know you know what I'm saying? This is another tangent, but it's like I was at the gym and thinking like, we don't do stuff with our kids. I don't even feel connected with them or anything like this. I mean, I guess we do, but it's just so weird right now. There's a lot going on in our current lives, that yeah. is for sure. Yeah. But it, it just makes me think of that concept. Like, we need to, I don't know. There's there's an energy that people have, especially in a relationship, that we are absolutely mm-hmm. um, unaware of, for the most part, in our culture. Yeah. And it's a shame. Somebody it's says, uh, hold on. A guy feels safer and in control when oogling and googling. Real people can make me uncomfortable. I might need to change. That's, I think you answered your own question. Yeah, bud. that's so hard, though, because mm-hmm. real people have thoughts and opinions and they talk back, right? Computers yeah. don't say anything. Right. The picture of the chick that sold you your cell phone, the picture doesn't say anything. Right. You know, so that's true, but yeah. Every decision you make is either for connection or for distance. Oh, that's a good that's one. True. That's real, Seth. What's real? I don't know what I said. Uh, Just, immaturity is so much easier. Yes, I love that. Every it is. y'all's yeah. feed in this one is great. Okay, Anatomy of Marriage Community Podcast. Right, yes, guys? actually, okay. as we wrap up, this is what I wanted to say. I wanted mm-hmm. to do a shout out to the women's group because I posted yesterday because I was losing my mind at home yesterday was incredibly hard Mm. incredibly hard and immediately tons of responses extremely helpful responses i learned that the guy who wrote the explosive child has a podcast Mm. that i am now listening to started this morning and it's like uh the most it's i'm so thankful for it i can't even tell you i'm so thankful for the women's group so Mm -hmm. thank you for being there for me please use these groups um they're growing like crazy which is awesome yeah um the women are doing way better than the men by the way stronger hashtag stronger there's 200 more yeah there's twice as many people in the women's group women so anyway thank you ladies thank you so so much you have Mm -hmm. no idea like you are my therapy, if that makes sense. You mm. really, truly, truly are. So That's thank good. you. Thank you. Um, and then the second thing I want to say was that uh, we want to encourage you guys to do a AOM meetup of your own. So there was one the other day in Texas. I don't know, Keller. Mm-hmm. I don't know what city it was. Leslie did it and Lauren did it. But um, there was so encourage i encourage you especially like these were moms who met up they had their kids playing together meet up with other aom folks because it's the community that you know people that you know you understand and all of that jazz so do that Mm -hmm. do it even if we can't be there you go ahead and do it and i'm glad that people did it and then also we're going to talk quickly about aom group therapy right this is going to be a chance to where we dive deep into some real topics and it's not just like oh we we answer a question spend two seconds on it it'll be like Okay, group therapy. You'll have me and Melanie there. It will be a paid group, and what we pay for, we find, research says, that we value more, mm-hmm. and it's it actually helps us more. Yeah. So th- we're going to be launching that soon, so start thinking about it. We're going to put mm-hmm. that bug in your mind to actually start yeah. with, with us and in our groups. Let's see. Somebody says, oh, shoot, Maryland, mm-hmm. AOM peeps, where are you at? We love you. We're your <laughs> tribe just as much as you're ours. That is awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. So, okay, I got to take a shower because I stink <laughs> like a hog. Yes. Well, I, uh, lastly, before we wrap up, thank you for rating and reviewing the podcast. If you have not done this yet, it would mean the world to us. It mm-hmm. is... Uh, 
really so incredibly helpful. I cannot, it's social proof that our show matters to Mm. anybody. So when you rate and review, you do more than just tell us some great things. You help other people to potentially change their life in the way that your life has been changed. Mm. So it is that important. It is like literally a thing that will make someone go, ah, I don't want to listen. They only have blank reviews or whatever. Mm -hmm. So please rate and review the podcast. It means the world to us and it helps the show a lot. That's right. So, you two are amazing. Love all the shows. Thank you. Thank Lily. you, Lily. Um, anyway, Rhonda at a glance says you guys are the best. You guys oh, are the best for listening. So that's right. Thank you so much. <laughs> we will catch you later. Have a great weekend. See you Monday morning. All right. Bye. bye. <laughs>